Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District. I'm Nathan Perry. There's no Trev today because he's working at Sky Bar. There's no stoner. He's taking care of a family issue. EP knew that Heineke was not going to get brought up and we have to negotiate her contract anyways. So she's not going to join us. I thought it would be fun to bring Shady Katie on and just tease her a little bit. But nah, no, no, no. I wanted this as the season finale day after Reckoning. I wanted this to be a Burgundy and Gold episode. And that's why I brought my man Steve over from the Command This podcast coming on and joining me. Steve, thank you for joining us here on Ref the District. Hey, Nathan, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here, especially after the W over the boys. Let's go. It's Yeah, it's so good. Washington won 26-6 to six in the season finale. And for all of those people who are wishing your team to lose, I, I feel bad for you. I really do. There's, there's, if you can't find joy in beating the Cowboys, then I don't know what you can find joy in. And I really want to take the, to, you know, for those people who wanted to lose, Steve, I want them to kind of take a deep breath reassess it turns out you know i know a lot of people kind of got a you know the the wind kind of came in the information came in early last week washington could go up to the 10th pick right and then tennessee lost so it was the 11th pick is the way they can go and so a lot of people still had that in their heads but by the time washington versus dallas kicked off the best they could do was 14 and the worst they could do was 16 so like there was only two spots difference from from winning and and again you're beating Dallas you're beating you're putting out a preseason squad and you're beating a division rival who is playing for something not that you would have known that watching the game Dallas looked absolutely awful what are your takes on the game uh yesterday Steve as Washington again just trounced it really should have been like 40 to 6 it was that bad of a uh, a game for the Cowboys. Yeah, it was it was kind of crazy. First and foremost, I was I was fully on board with starting Sam Howe, just like I was fully on board with going back to Wentz after after the uh, you know the the last three games we had before then. So, <clears throat> not what I expected, you know. On our show, I I pred- I was calling it. I was gonna. I think I said like maybe thirty to twenty was what my prediction for Dallas. But we had nothing to play for. They had not everything to play for, but they had a lot more to play for. The first round. You know, first round seed was at stake for them. I mean, the the Eagles beat the Giants anyways, but they did not look like a team who's going to go very far in the playoffs. Not what I expected. I was happy. I was excited throughout the whole game. And it was just great to finally see some some reckoning, you know, before yeah. the season's over, as we're on the show, the reckoning. And a little bit of sweet, sweet Burgundy and Gold justice at FedEx Field for once. You know, usually Dallas takes over the stadium. I was not there, but you, lots of footage on social media. And to see those silver and black fans walking away early in the fourth quarter was just, uh, it warmed my soul. Yeah, I had a, a few friends there to include Shady Katie. And uh, the word I got was that it was pretty rowdy early on. And as the game kept going, it just got quieter and quieter from them. And you can see it on, on, uh, on a, we called it out on the the play-by-play and uh, commentary that we had yesterday looked, the stadium actually looked pretty filled. And that's what I heard from the people there as well. But by like the fourth quarter, it started emptying out. And that was all the Cowboy fans just walking away. They knew that this game got out of hand. I Apparently Dak Prescott looked even more inaccurate in person than on, uh, on television. So that was, uh, that's something to see. So I feel like I agree with you. It was a fun game. All the way around, exciting to see the young kid play. We're going to get more into that here on the day after reckoning because, of course, we break down the day, the game the Washington played the day before. But we also got a few things here to go over real quick, and that's our sponsorships. Pacers running for every run. Steve, are you a runner? I sure am. You got to hit up Pacers running. You can get yourself a free virtual fitting. They'll put you in the right pair of shoes and hook you up and it gets delivered to your house. Doesn't even have to step foot in a store, but because you're here in the DMV, you can go to one of the five stores in person. Great team. Get your in the right pair of running shoes. Get that new year's resolution going on the right track. Pacers running for every run. Of course, manscaped head out to manscaped.com. Use the code ref, get yourself 20% discount and free shipping. Steve, I'm not going to talk to you about your grooming standards, but 
I'm going to let you know that shampoo and conditioner and body wash are legit. And if you're a boxer brief guy, they also have some really smooth boxer briefs to put on as well. Even for us bald folks. Yeah, there you go. Hey, you know, that's, uh, you know, maybe you can lather it up in the beard a little bit. There you go. Smell, smell nice. It'll, it'll be uh, it'll be good. Or or use their uh, lawnmower 2.0 to keep that head uh, clean shaven for you. So, uh, of course, like I mentioned, Trev is out of the Sky Bar. If you go to Sky Bar and mention Ref the District, your first drink is on us. You just have to make it out there to Lexington, Virginia, and see Trev in person. That's where he's at tonight. All right, now that we got those sponsorship. Uh, parts out of the way we also have several people in the chat we got yam we got ep we got graham we got rockman we got tougher guy gus bus all in the house make sure you get give us a like if you're here watching the channel right now and uh make sure you head out to command this out on youtube they're going to be streaming at 8 30 and so once we're done here steve is going to be leaving me just about 10 minutes after the hour so we want to make sure we get into the content here but uh head over at 8 30 to command this and support them give them a like give them a subscribe great guys out there phil and dev uh joining steve tonight anybody else on the, the channel with you steve nope just phil and dev all right, so they're going to be breaking down this game, talking about some of the same stuff here. And people love the Washington content, so I know they're not going to be just done talking with us. They'll want to be talking with you afterwards as well. Uh, EP in here talking about your decision to, you know, that you wanted to go to to Wint. Uh, are you crazy? Can I explain that? So, of course. First off, EP, nothing but love for you. However, the last three games that that Taylor played. One interception, five fumbles, four lost, ten sacks. That to me, that's enough to. Hey, coach, it's it's fine and zero wins. By the way, one tie, zero losses. Or excuse me, two losses. So, from a coaching perspective, we got to step back about you know our love and for players. I think Ron was justified to make that decision, especially after what we saw Carson do the last. 10 minutes of the San Francisco game. We thought that's what we were getting the next game. We didn't, but that's what we thought we were getting. So to me, I felt it was justified. That's all. Yeah. I, 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 we talked a lot about it on this channel and actually most of, most of our people, I think wanted to go to Carson Wentz. I'd have to look back at the poll, but I'm pretty sure Wentz won our poll as far as who to play going into the Browns game. Didn't happen our way. Washington just wasn't good enough that day. So we got to see a little bit of Sam Howell uh, here in the season finale. Maybe not as much. And let's talk about, let's not talk about his performance. Uh, Let's talk about the play calling. This is, again, a glorified preseason game, Steve. And you got a young buck out there at a game that's really meaningless, right? You're not going to the playoffs. Uh, Your draft position is not going to change by much. Um, and, and Sam Howe throws a, a 19 passes. So they stuck with their game plan of run. They didn't really pass the ball. They didn't, you know, try to test the limits of Sam Howe. And even towards the end, instead of running up the score and, you know, further humiliating Dallas, they were just playing to run out the clock. What do what did you make of the play calling yesterday? Uh, it's hard to really rag on it because they won 26 to six, but it was just kind of, to me, it was interesting. Only 19 passes and again, playing to just kind of like get the game over with. Yeah. Uh, I kind of share that sentiment, but I also feel that it was the right game plan for a fifth round quarterback. Who's never played a, a down in the NFL. I really, really liked it. So, you know, 41 rushes, 19 passes. The thing that made really, I enjoyed was, not only did they just run the ball and they did read options, not read pass options, but they did read options. They gave Sam Howe the opportunity to keep the ball and run. And it sounded like he had the option, you know, to, to make those runs. If he saw the, you know, the holes were open and he hit, I don't know, at least three, maybe four good keepers for, you know, some good chunk of yardage. And so I, I think when you're looking at a young quarterback, one of the best things for a young quarterback to have is mobility as you learn to get through your progressions. Okay. One, two, I can't get to my third and fourth. I take off. And I think that's what worked well for Sam Howell because he's mobile and they let him run. So as much as I rag on Scott and I'm not a fan of him coming back, 
I didn't mind the game plan yesterday. It wasn't too crazy. And I think that's what Sam Howell needed. Yeah, I, I, I think that if this were the Cleveland game and you're starting him and there's still the playoffs and chance, this is the exact kind of game plan that I would want from them. You know, and this is the kind of the game plan you see in San Francisco with Brock Purdy, where it's like, we don't want to put the game in Purdy's hands. We want to win this game with every, with our defense, with this running game, and let Brock Purdy just make smart decisions, uh, simplified decisions to win. And, and not seeing that, or seeing that this game, it makes sense if this were, again, week 14, week, you know, 15. Being the final week, it just kind of was just like, you know, maybe we should be seeing a little bit more pass opportunities because boy, oh boy, can that boy spin it. Yeah, the the long the long throw to Terry. I mean, it was just, I don't know if you heard Terry's comments. He's like, the ball was there waiting for me. And I mean, he only had that maybe twice this season. The one time with Taylor went during the Green Bay game. And then Carson, uh, I think it was, I think was it was the Jacksonville game. I don't remember. But yeah, they didn't ask him to do too much. Sam has a lot of zip on the ball, and it, it I was, I was happy. I, I was happy, and if it, I thought going into the game, it, this was a fourth, I'm sorry, third preseason game. You know, the final preseason game. I felt that vibe going into it, like, all right, we're just gonna run vanilla. You're not gonna see anyone in there. No one's gonna have energy. Man, the boys came to play. Our boys came to play. Yeah, that's that's true. I, I, you, you mentioned that you on. Uh, command this that you picked Dallas winning 30 to 20. I picked Dallas winning in an, in an embarrassing fashion. Uh, this is Dan. This potentially is Dan Snyder's last game as the owner. This is just the season's not been going our way. Dallas has a good defense. They have a top 10 defense that they had. They, Michael Parsons out there. Lawrence is out there. I mean, these, you know, you're, you're seeing their, their defense. That's going to go up against Tom Brady and Tampa Bay this upcoming week and we just did what we wanted against them and the offensive line the much maligned offensive line held it together enough for sam howell to do that and sam howell did he was sacked three times for 11 yards uh, but it felt like he had pretty good pocket presence and overall you know even if it were just a preseason team i felt pretty pretty good about washington going forward and that's saying something when the team finishes 500 yeah. in a 17 game season steve washington found a way to go 500 the first team ever in a 17 game season to manage to go 500 that's that uh yeah that loss uh pretty much or not that loss but that tie pretty much ended our season but uh it is uh it is something to go down in the footnotes of history and uh, and get to 500 for the team, but what outside of Sam Howell? Because again, we're going to Sam Howell is going to be brought up over and over again because really he is the talk of the game. Outside of Sam Howell, though, what other aspects to it were positive for you? Like exciting to see or good, you know, momentum going into the off season. Not really a thing, but you know, something we can bring forward next year. Yep, I'd say. Two things. Uh, one was <clears throat> the f- the further expansion of Jahan Dotson and just watching him grow as a wide receiver. He had a, I feel like he had a lot of opportunities. We saw maybe not a lot of ton of targets, but I, just the the small amount of targets he had, he just made the most of. And the way he's able to get separation, I would say, is maybe better than Terry off the line. He's just fast. That was so exciting to see that and. If, if we move on from Curtis Samuel, you know, we still have Jahan Dotson for four more years as a, as a first round pick. We pick up the fifth year option. So that's the first bright spot. Uh, you could all say Jarrett Patterson. I'm a big Jarrett Patterson fan. I know, I know, EP, I know he's a big Jarrett Patterson fan too. Uh, she has that shirt. I had the Logan version of that shirt, but uh, Jarrett Patterson was very surprising. Much brand, much better than uh, Jonathan Williams, in my opinion. Why did we see... Why did we not see JP? We saw so much Jonathan Williams. I, yeah, I and I thought Jonathan Williams looked good this season and kind of like as that third back uh, where they moved away from Jarrett Patterson early on because Jarrett Patterson was the one who was brought on early season with Brian Robinson out. 
And then Brian Robinson comes back in and Jarrett Patterson gets sent back down the practice squad. And Jonathan Williams is the back who we're seeing. But yeah, I thought he played fairly well throughout the season. And then this game, he was okay. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't great. And then Jarrett Patterson, I mean, that he ran very well. He ran to the tune of 17 carries, 78 yards. It's four, uh, four, six average. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, he did it. Uh, Jonathan Williams had 14 carries, 32 yards, so 2.3. So maybe not a yeah. not an okay day, just a, but not a you know. I'm not going to say that it was a really bad game for Jonathan right. Williams, but I see why they went to Jarrett Patterson. Yeah, I felt uh, like he just regard. he was just a different style of runner, more of a scat back type, not super quick, but I felt like he had better vision. He was able to hit those holes. The line, the offensive line, moved very very good laterally, which is something they don't usually do. So I don't know what happened, but especially the guards, they did a lot of plays where they pulled the guards and they mm. just moved so well to create holes against a starting front four of Dallas. Yeah, this is, so this is one of the things that, um, that I noticed is with Brian Robinson, they changed the the blocking scheme and you're right. They don't, they didn't, they don't pull a lot of guards in that regard. Uh, that, just a slight pun there, but um, the, what they, now moving away from him, you know, with him being injured, it looks like they pulled that back and they have those, those guards pulling over and doing things. And you're seeing what Chris Paul can do at guard. You're seeing what Cosme, who look, he's a very athletic tackle. I don't like what they've done with them as far as moving from tackle to guard to tackle to guard. It's like spending half the time on the sidelines. Uh, don't like that, but you're seeing his mobility and some of that was good. And we had tougher guy here, you know, asking the question, where were all these faces all season? Hudson Hudson's a head scratcher. Kalike Hudson is a more than serviceable young athletic, yep. you know, linebacker. And we're running out Bostic. We're running out Mayo. Like it's, it's just like, where, why didn't we trust these? I mean, you can even go as far as Danny Johnson was on the, on the naughty list for so long. And only finally he's got to see play these last, what, six weeks or so that we've seen Danny Johnson. Yeah. And he looks like he can play cornerback in the NFL. Yeah. And that to the second part of the question you asked earlier is what else was promising to me? It was it was the play of our def the play of our defensive backs. Um, Derek Force played very well, uh, took a little hit. I was really down on Kendall Fuller. I, I really was. But he. You know, <laughs> he'd do something and totally redeem yourself. That's the kind of feeling that, that I had from Kendall Fuller. I was like, he's been so like eh, all year and then should have had two pick sixes, but he had one and it was, he played, a, he played a great game. So, and like you said, you know, the other, the other DBs coming in and, and playing well. So to see the secondary step up against some people say Dak is, you know, top tier quarterback. He's been one of the best since he's been back from, in, from injury, um, a quarter way through the season or halfway through the season. And we took it to him and I, just happy. So the running back, the Jared Patterson on, on offense and um, give me the DBs on defenses gives me hope for next year. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not sold on the old line yet. One good, one really good game doesn't change all the stuff you did, but I really think the threat of the read option and the ladder movement left or right, it really puts the defense on their, on their, on their heels. I, I had a little bit of RG three vibes from 2012 because you just don't know what's coming. Is he going to keep it? Is he going to run? He's going to hand it off. So I, I think that's what really, aided in our advantage of, of running well against uh, Dallas was the threat of Sam Howell running. Yeah. And, and it's a threat that I think a lot of the you know, people said we had with Heineke because like he's mobile, he can, he can run, but Heineke was making a concerted effort and you could tell he was making a concerted effort not to run. He yep. wanted to pass the ball. I think he wants yeah. to prove that he can be in this league as a passer. And I think the coaching staff, even from last year, were like, no, we don't want you running. We want you passing the ball. And so Sam Howell, I think, was given, like you said, a little bit more free reign there to be like, you know, if you want to bail and run, bail and run, you know. Yeah. So uh, it, it's pretty pretty interesting to see how we'll see how that plays into the next season. Obviously, there's not the, on this on this dark Monday, um, Washington's avoided the the call so far. Uh, Scott uh, might not be with the team tomorrow as Ron Rivera does have a presser with uh, with one of the Martys. And so we'll see how that plays out. But currently we're going to be going in there with Scott. And like I said, it's not one good game and it's not even a good game because Washington, again, scored often on offense, scored 20 points. 
So it's not, they, there were some missed opportunities. Joey Sly uh, missing kicks here at the end of the season, making people think that we need a kicker. We don't. Uh, and then you also have Sam Howell's negative, which was that interception into triple coverage. Yep. Rookie mistake. I think he yeah. was just going for the gusto. I'm not upset with it. That, that was a game to fail. Yeah. It, it, it's a bad decision. P- their players are going to make bad decisions. Uh, Stoner said that was a Carson Wentz throw. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it could have been a Taylor Heineke throw too. You know, they all tend, you know, quarterbacks tend to make those kind of mistakes, and I'm not going to get too bad on him. And it was nice to see his teammates come up to him afterwards and kind of, you know, cheer him on and, and do some things. You kind of mentioned how well the cornerbacks played, and I want to go back to that aspect here because it felt, like Dak Prescott was often running for his life, but he only ended up being sacked one time. And uh, there's only four QB hits registered on the box score for, for that. But I, I feel like the defensive line wasn't really getting to him as much as it were like that, that one sack was, it was a coverage sack. It was just simply he had no one to throw it to. He keeps running and he starts looking around and and bam, we got him. And I felt like that was the case a lot of times. He's you see Dak scanning the field, covered, covered, covered. Oh gosh, I have a 300 pound lineman. I'm going to toss it away, or I'm going to toss it at somebody's feet, uh, or I'm just going to throw this ugly duck uh, to Kendall Fuller and allow him to score in from the 30 yard line. What did you make of the defensive line effort in conjunction, like I said, with the the defensive backs playing well enough for those cover the you know the coverage pressure to come? Yeah, I think it was usually it's kind of lopsided. Usually the the line is good enough to to pressure the quarterback and make the DBs look well. Very rarely will you have <clears throat> the coverage sacks. But I felt like yesterday it was a great complement of both, kind of like how you put out initially, where sometimes we had pressure not a hit. And then sometimes I feel like the DBs were just all over the, the receivers, not the linebackers. They had a little, little, little suspect in coverage yesterday, but um, look at the pass deflections, seven total pass deflections by our defensive backs. I can't remember the last time that we had pass deflections, and they were good pass deflections. They were, I'm breaking on the ball. I'm reaching over and I'm slapping it down. It wasn't just like these flukes. These were calculated, you know, swats at balls. And I think it made a huge difference. I mean, it was just, I haven't, we haven't seen the DBs play that well, arguably all year, in my opinion. Yeah, they, they were absolutely, like you said, that the, the timing was perfect. Uh, they weren't being called uh, for penalties. In fact, Washington, only two penalties uh, all game long for, f- uh, for a total of 10 yards. Dallas had six or 74. What did you make of the, the good discipline? Cause I'm used to kind of seeing Washington being the one penalized. There was a couple of no calls there that we can t- uh, talk about, but the, what about the discipline from the team yesterday? Yeah. Once again, it's, it, we normally have our fair share of, of bonehead penalties, the hands to the face, the, the, the back breaking, you know, we get a third down conversion and it gets called back for holding. The boys kept, they kept, they were tight, very disciplined. I, I can't say why. Maybe it was the energy. Maybe it was, maybe it was, I'm not going to say it was more slightly conservative because I feel like they were going all out. The energy was crazy. So I can't really explain it. It was just great to see. And we need, we need more of it going into 2023. Yeah. Stoner, Stoner did keep, uh, as Yam here is talking, Stoner kept calling out those illegal formations that weren't called. And they were posted about on Twitter too. Yeah, I've seen the Twitter post. People, people asking, weren't what for Dallas? That wasn't that illegal formation. That's line like you got people lining up well off the line, uh, and you know it was just a couple. So it just didn't make any sense here. As I'm trying to get rid of some of these. Yeah, where, uh, where's where's the standard here? at, uh, Dean Blandino? I know you're just an analyst, but at least call it out. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, you, you have to. You absolutely have to call that out. Uh, before I get to the Chase Young thing, we got Gregory in the house, and he's got the wolf. Let's get some. Let's get some howling. How? Al absolutely did have a good game again. We're going to be talking more about him a little bit, but let's get to Chase Young here. Gus Bus. Chase Young has yet to sack Dak after three years in the league. That's a worry, although admittedly, 
He's only faced him once. A little smiley face action there. EP asking, was Chase even there yesterday? A lot of people are kind of down on Chase Young. He's played three games this season. Where are you with his play yesterday and then kind of his season as a whole, Steve? Oh, I'm I'm happy. You had to watch yesterday. I feel he was double teamed a lot. He was chipped a lot. I would argue and say Montez was one-on-one all day yesterday, and he he rarely got to the quarterback. So attention was given to Chase. I'd probably have to pull up the double teams. I could probably find it some advanced metrics somewhere, but I feel like he was double teamed a lot. And yeah, I, I'm not going to argue. For a couple people said he was a little quiet yesterday. He was on, on the surface, but um, people said that last year. But like I said, he led he led the league in, in, in um, uh, advanced metrics for um, setting the edge on the run. He also led the league against double and triple teams last year, even more than the Bosa's or TJ Watts. So I'm, I'm happy with him. He looks good, and he got away healthy, which to me was the most important thing for yesterday. Yeah, it was – to me, this is a this is a big injury he's coming back from. He does a few different things for for Washington. I I, I definitely felt like his biggest impact was against the 49ers a few weeks ago. And then he's kind of quieted down since then. Uh hasn't been quite as much of a menace. But you're you're right. He does so many good things like in the run game that he's but we're not necessarily seeing translate to what he was brought here for, which was to take down the quarterback. And I don't know if we're going to see it next year. It's going to be uh, something interesting. He is going to be entering his uh, fourth season and Gus bus is bringing up that fifth year option. And yeah, that's going to be a tough one for, for Washington and what they, uh, what they're going to do with that. We'll have to have a, a, probably a whole show here on ref, the district dedicated to that option and, and chase young and where we stand with for him. Um, but I, I agree here uh, with TJ too nasty for you. Uh, this was Chase Young's preseason. This was his third yeah. preseason game, and he's just still trying to fill out the leg. And next year, hopefully, we see a little bit more of that defensive rookie of the year season, uh, and and does something good. So, um, and I, and I will say, Nathan, <clears throat> on I was a little upset going off this comment right here on the first drive of the game. We drop back Chase Young and Montez Sweat into coverage. Why would you do that? And I was like, if this is a sign for the rest of the game, we're in trouble. I didn't see it again, but on that on that one play on the very Dallas's first drive, we dropped Chase and Montez back into coverage. And then you know the muffed punt in my life, I got it afterwards. But still, JDR really got on my nerves that one one time though. You, you pay those guys to rush the quarterback not cover people don't drop into a zone it's not joe barry come on jack Dario. minuski right that was Greg uh, minuski. It's good, it's good program. he loved dropping dropping uh our our defensive ends like ryan kerrigan was in coverage way too much it was like Man. come on you pay these guys get the quarterback and that's what you want to see and that was gus bus's comment there for our audio listeners you don't pay edge rushers to not sack the qb yeah yeah you definitely want to see uh, some more. It doesn't necessarily have to be the box score. Um, you know, I'd like to see double digit sacks. You know, coming from our from our edge rushers, but as long as they're getting in the face of the QBs, we'll have some su- success there. And like I said, I, I I mean, what do you feel about that? I felt like we were we were panicking, Dak. There was definitely some times where he had all day to throw, but I kind of felt like he was getting happy feet. And hearing footsteps quite often. Where where are you with the again the defensive line and and how they played against Dak Prescott yesterday? Yep, you you hit the nail on the head. He he felt those footsteps, and it I think it really changed his calculus going through his reads, and combine that with the good coverage by the by the corners and the and the in the DBs. He he was just flustered. He he did not look like he's looked since he's come back. I mean, did you see the stats they flashed up there? He was first in almost every category since he's been back from injury. And the defensive line, like you said, didn't result in a lot of sacks, a lot of hits. He was flustered. He was flustered. He couldn't get through his reads. Granted, I think Dalton Schultz probably had the biggest day for all the Dallas, anyone catching the ball, but that's okay. Yeah, that's going to happen against Dallas. you know, Mayo and Felipe yep. Hudson, who's not been seeing linebacker play all season. And uh, it's also going to happen when your QB's, you know, running scared and and just starts dumping off the ball to, you know, the tight end, because that's what he was. He was the safety valve for Dak Prescott. And so, I mean, you're right. He had himself a, a reasonable game there. Four catches on nine targets, 
33 yards. CeeDee Lamb was, uh, had the best day for the receivers out there. Five catches, seven targets, 52 yards in that touchdown. But that doesn't match up near as much as our pass catchers. Terry McLaurin, three catches, 74 yards, a touchdown on six targets. Jahan Dotson, three catches, 72 yards on four targets. You brought up those two, and I'm, I, I've been watching the Terry McLaurin 52-yard catch over and over and over and over again. It's just a thing of beauty. Steve, Terry had to go into another gear to catch that ball. Like he was, he, 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 he does this hand wipe thing, which is, it's not, it wasn't saying I'm open. It was, it was, it's an, an instinctive thing to be like, if the DB tries to put his hand, he's already ready, ripping that off. And he looks up and he sees this ball and he just another gear, just puts it in another gear and goes to catch this just outstanding to see here in Burgundy and gold. I unbelievable. Yeah. And I want to say, I saw a cool little advanced metric because I'm a dork like that. It was 60 air yards. I want to say mm-hmm. was, was the distance. And that's the, the the longest for any Washington quarterback since some, some crazy time. And uh, I don't know if you know who it is, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm going to talk about right. Yeah. I, I look, I I'm a, I'm a nerd too. And I looked at that, uh, that one here. Let me see if I can't pull it up here. Yeah. So air distance, this is from next gen stat, Sam Howell and Terry McLaurin, 52 yard reception. Air distance was 60 yards. Target separation was 0.9 yards. Completion probability 20, 20.2%. This was the longest completion by a Washington quarterback in next gen stats era. That's since nine or since 2016. Yeah. And there's arguments that they think if there was a, uh, the Robert Griffin to Aldrich Robinson play, I think it was Dallas Thanksgiving might've beat it, but they didn't next gen stats didn't start till I want to say 2016. So we, mm-hmm. we don't know <laughs> thing of beauty, that ball, he throws such a beautiful ball. And like you said, Terry had to go into overdrive <laughs> to, to go, to go get that ball. Yeah. But I think that's the type of arm that live arm, regardless of who it is, 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 is what we need. Stretch that field. And, and, and that, and, and it's kind of a, a cycle, right? Like if you, if you can stretch the field and throw a 52 yard bomb with some accuracy, with some consistency, I mean, 20, 20% uh, pass completion, you know, maybe you're not going to throw that too consistently, but if the threats there that opens up the run game and then with the run game that opens up the pass game and, Absolutely. and, and good play callers take advantage of that. And, and when you have talents like Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, the other one we you brought up, you're his release. You're absolutely right. That one, that one catch that he caught across the middle, the way he separates away from his defender. I mean, it look, I might as well be defending him out there. These are professional, you know, again, a top defense in this NFL and they look absolutely lost trying to, you know, contain these two, you know, wide receivers. You know, what was great for me, by the way, Steve, what's that to not hear digs, Oh, I don't. Was he even playing? I don't think I heard his name once. I don't even know if he was playing, but I tell you what, I'm just I that clown. He he was playing, by the way. He had uh, looks like one tackle uh, all game long. Maybe we weren't targeting towards him or whatnot. I don't. I don't know. All I just he's the most overrated cornerback. I'm not just saying that because I I wear burgundy and gold, and he wears that awful blue star, but. it just bugs me, and it was so good to see Terry McLaurin have a good game, Jahan Dotson having a good game, and it was just it was just nice to finally like not hear about Diggs shutting down our wide receivers. And I would say previously you could you, you could say look was who was throwing the ball at those times that Diggs did have good games against them. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to make this a quarterback war, but you could make <laughs> that you could make that argument. Those the those the 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 zip on the balls that Sam Howell has, I don't think either of the other two quarterbacks has it. There was one speaking of the, the zip, and uh, this is talking about the nerdy stats was the RPMs coming out of the Senior Bowl game, yep. and and Howell had some of the best numbers in this. And that spin it helps you throw an accurate ball. Not only that, but throwing it with some velocity and in that spin means. Like if somebody gets a hand on it, it's still going to get through. And I saw that uh, one pass to Jahan. It looked like one of the defensive linemen might have gotten a, a finger to it, 
because the ball did not come cleanly to uh, Washington's wide receiver, but it didn't matter because it was thrown again with that velocity, with that spin, that it was going to get to the target regardless of whoever put their, their fingers out there. So good to see. Absolutely. Um, all right. We've talked a lot about the good before we get to, to how, what were some of the things that still worry you about this team that they've, you know, all we've seen it all season long here. We are in the season finale and they're still just not getting it right. Right. So one was the, the, the Jack the real coverage. That's going to stick with me. Another funny thing, the announcers said, oh, Scott Turner has the most imaginative mind. And then he proceeds to, to run on first and second down multiple times in a row. I was like, that's not very imaginative. So that the, the Scott thing just drove me crazy. But like you said, I think it was calculated. Where the other games, I would question it. This game, I wasn't questioning questioning it uh, so much. But I know we were up by two scores at one point, and then we just fall into this lazy, soft zone. And that's when Dak started picking us apart. And it, I'm sure it was calculated. But our linebackers were 10 yards off the ball, and – the the safeties were probably almost 20 yards off the ball. I'm like, that's a little excessive. And that was that was driving me bonkers to see that. Uh, we were pretty good about not doing it during the regular season, but something like that. It's just come on, you 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 got it, you gotta do better. Um, not worried about the Joey Sly stuff that you know, Joey Sly's my guy. He's 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 good. He had a he had a he had a bad game. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, other than that, I really couldn't pick out too many things that just drove me crazy besides that soft zone coverage. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to defend the soft, the soft zone. Obviously what they, what they're trying to prevent is they don't want to get beat deep. Um, And secondly, that's how they've been playing all season long. And that's how Kendall Fuller is able to break on that ball Mm -hmm. and get the, the pick six. And, and they're doing that specifically. Like I said, they want to keep things in front of them and then they want their, you know, they, they play the, these, I think that's RAS, right? Relative athletic scores. Mm-hmm. These guys who pla- are quick twitch that that are that are very fast and able to change directions, and so they want them to play off, so that way they can break on those balls very quickly and see and watch what the quarterback's doing. It doesn't always work. Sometimes they get caught flat-footed, and you know they're off to the races. Or or there was the missed tackles last game from Kendall Fuller. And, you know, you got a 70-yard touchdown run. Um, So it's it's not always the best thing. I agree with you there. You need to mix it up. You need to do something so that way offenses can't game plan for you in that regard. But it it does work to in in that regard. And also, I would say this. It's kind of hard to to rag on the defense when they allow six points against – again, they were playing their ones. This wasn't exactly – You know, like Dallas wanted to lay down. Dallas wanted came into this game knowing that they had a chance at either the number one seed overall, or at least if the Giants win and they uh, and Dallas wins, they get the division. Yeah, I, and they get it, to host a playoff game. Instead, they get to go to Tampa Bay, and Tom Brady. As I saw a comment, he's watering the grass right now because Dallas is like one in four ugh, on grass fields. They'll be on the couch with us soon. And it was hard to it's hard to reach and, and find something that really ticks you off this game because you're right. All three elements they played so well. They they really played so well. So yeah, me so my soft zone comment was really was really reaching, and I I, I completely agree with you. It's, it was calculated. It's just we were playing so well for so long, and then we just kind of took the brakes off, you know, being as Dallas, being that they beat us already with Cooper rush. I wanted to just pulverize them into pulp, nothing left of them, make hurt them before they get to the playoffs. And we just kind of, kind of gave them, you know, a little bit of breathing room there towards the end. That's all. All right. Well, Steve, I know you got to get going. You're going to be taking care of the family and then you're going to be on your own show. Command this. Uh, Make sure everyone who's in the chat right now are watching, make sure at eight 30, We'll be done here on Ref the District. You head over to Command This. Check out Steve, Phil, and Dev, and they'll bring you some more great content here on our favorite team in Burgundy Gold. Steve, any final thoughts before you get to take care of your family? Nope. It was a uh, hey. It's been a great season. We didn't have a losing record. I guess you could say we slightly improved from the first two years of Ron's tenure. But no, it's been great. Um, thank you for inviting me, Nathan. This was great. I always love coming on uh, Ref the Districts, one of my favorite shows to uh, to tune in as well as also be on. So appreciate you. 
All right. Appreciate you, Steve. Stick around if you're in the comments right now, if you're watching, because I'm staying around and we're going to, we have to get to our go goes, no goes, and all other things. But we just want to thank Steve and let him get off to see the family. All right. Take care, everyone. See you guys. All right. Thanks again, Steve. Head out to command this right afterwards and, and uh, make sure that you, even if all you do is take your, take, 30 seconds. Go over there. Make sure you like, subscribe, like their video, subscribe to their channel. Great group of guys. And as Steve, you heard from him, he's got some great insight as well. Let's get to our our go-go's and no-go's here. EP doing the EP stuff here, making sure you have the easy link to get over uh, there and do that thing. Uh, Gus Bus says, as long as Steve uh, reads out my comments, hey, you, I, I can't promise. I can't promise that, but I will, I will, uh, you know, I'll make the note to Steve to do that. So, uh, what's up with Stoner missing all these shows? Like he's the YouTube version of Brandon Sheriff. I like that one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure he reads this one. I think he'll watch the show afterwards. Uh, he's taking care of family, and as we know here on Ref the District, family is important. Uh, and so that's, you know, he's, he's, he'll be back on Wednesday and we've got a loaded off season planned. We're already talking about the content we're going to be bringing over on Wednesdays, uh, but we got some more good content to come here. And that includes our go goes and no goes. All right, folks, get it in the chat. Who was your go go for this game? I feel like there's a lot. I mean, we're talking about how well Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson is Sam Howell, the guy. Is that the one you want for the go-go there? My particular go-go, probably no surprise here in the Perry household, but it's Jared freaking Patterson. 17 carries, 78 yards. Uh, just a good game from him all the way around. Uh, targeted once in the past game, didn't catch a ball. But I just liked what we saw from him. It was good to go. You know, It was good to see this, this kid who's a local kid here in the DMV area get a chance and do something and it's against a hated team and it was so it was just nice nice to see overall uh we got gregory howling for the go-go ep joining me with Jarrett freaking patterson uh go-go percy butler uh, getting active like he was i mean you saw a lot of percy butler yesterday just doing his thing and he showed up a few times here on the box uh box score with four tackles and one pass defense and that pass defense was a was a good one that was one of those ones that steve and i were talking about where the timing was just right and if he's not there that's a that pass is caught and percy butler just did the exact thing that he needed to do yam with a go-go for jahan dotson just he's, he's a he is going to be something here for us uh absolutely and that's what uh, yam is saying here jahan for real that kid is a weapon only three catches but over 70 yards and making dudes miss i'm telling you watch watch that one that he goes across the middle if you have the the up view his move to just it absolutely just makes makes the guy like look like me flat-footed and just going nowhere or even the um the time where he uh, he curls back and the pass is the outside, that way he stopped. Like the DB went three yards past where Jahan stopped. Just absolutely gave him uh, gave him that space. Oh, look at that. We got Steve already back giving us some uh, love here. Want to make sure I get to the right one here. $2 donation. Absolutely. And uh, Steve says, Gus, I read 99% of all comments. So if you head out there, you can get your comments uh, at read over there. Thanks again, Steve, for the donation as well. Uh, Trout with a go-go of Jarrett Patterson as well. Yeah, go-go was the run D. That was actually, you know, that's something that Steve and I didn't get to talk about. Let's talk about that right now. Dallas ran 27 times for 64 yards. They just could not get going. They were nowhere. And that was whether or not that was uh, we had Ridgeway who left a little bit early. He is going to have uh, pectoral surgery. You got Potato. Potato was out there uh, doing his thing, making sure. In fact, he had a tackle for a loss. Casey Tuhill. These guys came to play and they made sure uh, that they those guys were going nowhere. That's an incredible stat right there. 27 carries, 64 yards, no touchdowns, 2.4 carries. This is supposed to be a team, Dallas's, that can move the ball a little bit, and they couldn't do it against us. 
Uh, Gregory, go, go defense, period, except Chase. Chase is part of it. Part of that run defense was Chase. I get we want to see some more from Chase. Hopefully we'll see some more come next season. But uh, yeah, I can understand if you didn't want to give Chase his flowers uh, this particular game. This is one. This is one we kept talking about yesterday during the stream. Go, go. Chris Paul from Gus Bus showing something. Where, where where was this all season? Where, where like we've been Chris Paul was a no-go for Stoner several times just because of how bad the guard play was. And he comes out and he's playing against again. These are Micah Parsons, Lawrence. These are guys are legit players. And Chris Paul was was holding his own. And 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 Stoner's gonna talk to us more about Chris Paul because he's going back and he's watching all of the tape and he wants to see. Uh, what Chris Paul's doing, but he he thinks that we have something here as well. All right, let's get to these no goes here. Oh, actually, go go. I'll, I'll shout out uh, Danny freaking Johnson. Danny Johnson, he's he's earned a spot on this roster. Uh, I think that he's he's going to be good. I, I still want Washington to get another cornerback. I want I, I think that that's where we can get some depth. But Danny Johnson is a good guy to have on your team. Absolutely. So no goes. I, it's it's hard when you win 26 to 6 to really come up with a no-go. If I'm going to get it, if I'm going to give it, I think it's got to go to Joey Sly. Just you're, you're two for four uh, on field goals. You're two for three on extra points. That's a total of seven points given up. Now, if the defense wasn't playing well, then you know I think that that comes back to haunt Washington. And I, and I said this even with that interception from how is that this is a that, that that's where Washington's going to lose because eventually Dallas is going to put it together and you've left how many points on the board you can't you can't do that against good teams thankfully it did not turn out to be a, a bad thing this time for Washington yam agrees with me Joey Sly is the no go uh we had Joey Sly from EP is there anybody else who's going to be thrown out here as a no-go? Uh, yep, here we go. We got uh, Gregory Pett, uh, no-go. Turner's constant running the ball on first down and getting stuffed. It wasn't necessarily getting stuffed. Maybe Jonathan Williams did get stuffed a few times, but it was. It, we, I talked about this, Gregory, where it was. it's frustrating in a game that you're essentially a preseason game, and you only throw the ball 19 times with a with a – a player that you need to see more of. This is somebody who you you need, you know, a hundred to two hundred pass or a passing attempts to really get an idea of who he is and whether or not he's going to be the guy for you in the future. And going into twenty twenty three, you have nineteen passes to decide that on. So I, I I agree at least with Turner's play calling. It was a little too conservative in a game that this is where where you might have been able to open it up. Absolutely. Uh, Yam, yeah. How in the world did we score over 25 points? That should have been 32 plus. Scott Turner. Yeah, it's absolutely just comes down to just, again, they played very conservative and I just don't understand it. Uh, lots of, yeah, Tommy T, no go. O left lots of points on the field. Like I said, you got two missed field goals already. So that's, uh, six points. You got the miss, mixed extra point. That's seven. You have the interception end zone from Sam, Sam Howe. That's at least another three points. You know, uh, you know, in all likelihood, you want these to turn into touchdowns. This, this, this felt like a game Washington should have been up 40 to six, not 26 to six. But Washington's offense still cannot put it into the paint, and uh, and we'll see there. Uh, the D helped get thirteen of those points, though. In the end, they they got six. Yeah, there we go. Yam Yam corrected it. D and special teams, uh, spe- gr- great special teams play by Washington. I think overall, Dax Milne still not the answer at uh, that returner, but he wasn't awful. Uh, he made one guy look absolutely silly, and that guy is going to delete his uh, social media accounts because he's going to just see that play over and over again. Um, but overall, not not too bad here. We'll see how it goes. The big question now, as uh, as it's eight nineteen, I'm going to 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 take us to about eight thirty, so that way everyone can head over to the command this podcast. 
Sam Howe. Is he, did he show enough to be QB1 starting next season? That's my question for you. How, how, did, how do you feel about Sam House play? And unfortunately, I, I kept pushing it off because I wanted this to be a bigger topic, uh, but I pushed it too far. So Steve didn't get to weigh in. So you're going to have to go over to command this to hear his thoughts on, on the topic here. Sam Howe, he showed a lot of zip on the ball. He That beautiful pass to Terry McLaurin was one that we talked about. The pass in space to Jahan Dotson, two of them at least that I can think of where we actually got yards after the catch. This is something that's been missing all season long. I, I really want to break down. This is where the geek in me needs to come out and do and get these stats. But I want to see the yards after catch stats to see where we were with Carson Wentz, where we were with with uh, with Heineke and how it just maybe was it just a field? He only cl- completed 11 passes. Um, but it felt like, again, these were being thrown into space. These were th- th- just pinpoint throws. So is he going to be the answer at QB? I know we have a lot of howlers here. Tommy T putting up it as well. I, th- I think I, as a house rule, I'm obligated anytime someone puts up the wolf emoji in the chat to 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 put up the howl sign. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how annoying that gets. But uh, I, I'll have to tell you, I was pretty excited with what we saw. I don't know that I would be ready to crown him as QB one. Obviously, Ron Rivera after the game mentions that as well. He's like, he is going to be a QB but I'm not ready to say QB one um, or two, not re- ready to put a number on it is what he said. But he, it, there was a lot of excitement there. I think the, the, the guys liked playing with them. I think it was, you know, kind of showing that uh, a rookie and some of that love, but it was good. And speaking of some love here, we got Kenneth in the house with a $5 super sticker. Much appreciated Kenneth for that donation. We appreciate it here on our last day after reckoning of this season. Don't worry. Always bringing a great content every Wednesday here on uh, the channel when it concerns our burgundy and gold friends over there, the commanders. Uh, but let's read some of these, uh, these comments here. Tommy T said, given the amount of time he had to prepare, I would like to see more. I, I do think he's, he at the very minimum has earned the right to be in a competition. I think that he was never going to be QB one this season because they traded for Carson Wentz and they have a backup that they know can play in Taylor Heineke. So I don't think he was ever really in a competition with those, but this is also why they drafted him was start in 2023. Taylor Heineke is currently not on the books. Carson Wentz will not be on the books. And so this gives you somebody fresh to start. Now, where they go, that's going to be another conversation. Um, Aunt Jones, though, says, yes, he's calm in the pocket. I've heard a lot of this, right? I've heard, and 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 you can see it in the game. He you, he was feeling the pressure. He felt calm, He or he looked calm. He looked poised. And again, this is against a good defense. This is against a playoff defense. And he just kept delivering. And it wasn't just the, the the poise, but it was also the fact that you can see him going through his progressions. On the deep bomb to Terry, he looks off the safety. These are QB1 type plays coming from a fifth round rookie. And I know a lot of people will point out that Sam Howe, the previous season, was looked at as maybe a top five pick. And then they talked about how he's lost his, uh, you know, he lost his, you know, wide receivers. He's lost his offensive line, but statistically he was still doing crazy things. There absolutely had to be something on tape for them to drop from a first to the fifth round. I don't know what it was, but I, I mentioned I was happy when they drafted him. I thought that was a smart thing to do. Uh, Gus bus. I definitely bring in competition for depth. If anything else, it is going to be very, very interesting to see what we do uh, at QB. Redskins Weekly, thanks for joining us tonight. I don't know if he shows enough small sample size, but he has everything you're looking for in a QB1. Everything but size, right? Like, I think that's, if he were six foot three, I think no doubt in the, in the world that 
we're looking at Sam Howell being QB one going into 2023. Uh, but he's he is a smaller guy, and you know, so yeah, he can zip it, yeah, he can run, but there's something there. I don't know what it is, but the coaches were apprehensive. Remember, this coaching group said that he was not ready. I don't know what it was, but they said that he was not ready. Uh, Gregory saying he will never get annoyed with my boy Hal sound. Uh, that's good. Lewis Wright Jr. testing me out already. Got the the howling emoji going. So, uh, yeah, I think that we'll we'll see here. See if I have another good comment to bring up here. Um, Yam saying, uh, odd you mentioned him being calm. That was one of the reasons he dropped. He panicked a lot in his last year in college. Yeah, I mean, I know that he had to run a lot because that offensive line that he had in North Carolina wasn't exactly the best. Um, but it gave it, I think it showed that he was athletic and that he could run. And I thought maybe that was going to build up his score. I mean, that's one of the reasons why Will Levis out of Kentucky right now is being seen as an elite prospect is because he's a big dude who can run the ball and everybody sees Josh Allen and they think that that's going to be, you know, the, the answer there. So we'll, we'll see who it is. Um, Gregory saying, bring in draft our own guys. I don't know. And this is going to be a conversation we're going to have to have in the off season, Gregory, but I don't know that I want this coaching staff bringing in any more QBs. I, I just don't know how long they're going to be here. You know, if Ron Rivera, you know, and one, he doesn't like rookie QBs. He's shown that even with Sam Howell, not having the trust and then only putting him in uh, here in the last game because of some pressure from the, the vets and everyone. But if, if Washington drafts a high round QB this year and replaces the ownership, ownership replaces the coaching then you're giving the next coach a QB that they didn't draft. And unless that is, you know, a Trevor Lawrence type player that typically doesn't work out for you, right? Like you have to, that has to be your guy. And I'm sure we can come up with some examples of where, you know, a coach took on somebody else's drafted QB and it worked out, but I, it hasn't worked here. In the last five coaches, that has been a problem for, I mean, ever since Joe Gibbs 2.0, you know, he inherited the uh, uh, other coaches QB. He, he brought, he finally drafted Jason Campbell and then he re-retires and passes off Jason Campbell to, to somebody. And then we passed off RG3. We passed off Kirk Cousins. We, or we lost out on Kirk Cousins, really. But we passed Dwayne Haskins was was someone who Ron Rivera inherited. And I think that's part of the reason we're like, no, I, I can coach him. But I just don't know that that would be the answer. And so I think that's why there is some question here on whether or not Sam Howell, maybe, maybe they just run it back with him. Um, so, But the question of whether or not he showed enough, he was 11 for 19. Uh, 8.9 yards average per, per pass attempt there because he threw for 169 yards for one touchdown, one interception. So I, I don't know that we can honestly tell ourselves that he showed us enough this one game to, to be QB1, but I think he's shown enough that he should be at least in the mix. And that's something that my guys will be talking about with me, especially on Wednesday this week. We'll be back 7.30 right here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Do me a favor. Make sure that you like this video if you haven't already. And then just before we shut down, I want to see this number drop all the way down to zero, essentially, and head over to the Command This team because they're going to be broadcasting right here at 8.30. I know that we got lots of sports things happening tonight, but we appreciate you jumping in with us. We always love the support. Trev and Stoner will be back on Wednesday with me as we talk about the, the season as a whole, and we'll probably talk a little bit about what we've got coming for you in the upcoming, you know, um, off season here. There's 15 or 16 Wednesdays between now and the draft. Got lots of good content coming for you. If you have any suggestions of things that you would like the team to break down and talk about, make sure that you hit us up either in the comment section or 
hit us up on Twitter. We'll be sure to respond and we would love to create some more good content for you because we are here for you. We always appreciate the support. And until next time, I got nobody here to respond to that, but be a fan. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.